Welcome back to the Fell Life, the Canada edition. Good day. How's it going, eh? This is part two. Chad Building has assembled the motley crew of waterfowl misfits, and thanks to federal premium Black Cloud, they're dropping ducks and geese like rain north of the border. Was the amount of birds mind blowing? Yeah, no, I've never like been to a place where you can hunt ducks, specks, Canada geese, snows, all at the same time. Chad Building is the romantic caller. The thing that turned me on to waterfowl hunting was the intimacy, the negotiation with the bird, and the conversation the jargon, the vocabulary, the vocalizations. Blake Famey is the trigger man. I, I think that's why I love clay shooting, I love duck hunting, anything I can just keep pulling the trigger year round, like, I'm in. And Tommy Miller is the head of quality control. Like, I want the ducks to do it right. Feet down, back flapping, doing the whole thing right in your grill where you want them to do it. It's the best. The Foul Life is proudly brought to you by Benelli, Bandit, Yukonuba, Jack Daniels, Traeger, The Provider, Mojo Outdoors, Kershaw Nine and Corning Ford. So let's crank it up, pour some Jack, and kick back. Because Chad, Blake, and Tommy are coming to you live from Canada. Beauty. This is part two. What's up, everybody? Chad, I'm back at you. Tommy Miller, Blake Famey. You heard us on the last episode right here at the Foul Life Podcast, talking everything Canada, Alberta. Up here with my boy Dave Stanley, his brother Alan's here. Our first night was amazing. I'm looking at Duff. He's laying on my bed. He just looked at me. He's still got blood on his face. I mean, that's how impressed are you guys with Duff? Be honest. The difference between a trained dog and a non-trained dog is like night and day. Like the hand signals, the back, the come, the over. It just like gets your dog trained. You know, it's cool to retrieve birds, but it's even better when a dog can do a blind retrieve or a hundred yards. It's it's something special. Like he can actually do what you want him to do. It's both of you said today, and I think you were being authentic about it, is that you both want Duff puppies. Actually, I told you. I said, "Give me Duff." You would take (laughs) my dog. Would you really take my dog? Hundred percent. If you'd give him to me, I'd take your dog in a heartbeat right now. Out of you two, in a heartbeat for Duff. Yeah. Where would the bidding start for Duff? Uh, Five thousand. And 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 I'm out. <laughs> Duff, I'm, I'm trying to get a deal. I'm trying to get a deal. You and can, I'm out. You would not get this dog if you offered me. Everything's for sale in life, right? Five thousand per paw, so twenty grand. Wouldn't and I? Would I'm I out. would not consider any? I would never. I don't know if I'd sell you, Duff. Look at me. He wants to come home with me. He, <laughs> he is so cool. Yeah, you're cool. Oh, he did just like you. I guess he's so literally cool. he's literally the he's most so chill cool. lab. That I've ever seen. Oh, you Axel's He's so chill. chill. He's both. Dude, all of our dogs are chill. He's <laughs> so chill. Axel's <laughs> a little high strong. I love you too. I love you too. Oh, your breast stinks. Bro, you've had too many ducks and geese in your mouth. Lay down. You still he Lay down. eating Stay. all those Canada oh. geese we killed today. Man. How how funny is it when he grunts when he's bored? <laughs> he goes, <laughs> <laughs> he's like a buck in rut. <laughs> he is a he's rut. grunting. <laughs> So we, I said we're back. Part two. Tommy Miller, Jack Daniels. He works for Jack Daniels Corporate, and uh, Blake Famey and his dad own the Martinez Gun Club in the East Bay, San Francisco, Santa Clara, Danville. That entire part of California. Anything north of there is pretty good. California, south of there is pretty. I've had fun in those areas, but and we'll get into that on a later date. But. We ended last episode, Tommy made a remark about Arkansas and the black labs there and why they have black labs for the most part because of the darkness and the color in the trees. I get yep. that. I But I do know some yellow labs that hunt in the trees. For sure. Um, one of the best no dogs that we him. have. He really wants some loving right now. One of the best dogs Lay that we down. have, Sage, owned by my buddy Spencer Pruitt. Shout out. Groove Life. 
He has Wait, a yellow. Did you say Groove Life? Mm-hmm. Spencer owns Groove Life. Uh, no, he doesn't own it, but he's a he's part Groove of Life. It. The rings, mm-hmm. the rings, the belts. Bum 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 bum. Shout out, Spencer. You met him at NWTF, actually. Yeah, yeah. So Spencer has a yellow dog named Sage. She's about. 50 pound yellow lab and she is an absolute hammer in the woods really yeah but she's woods, so small we can hide her easy woods hunting for dogs people it's would tough. be like oh it might be easy because the holes are so low dude no. there are so many diversions in the mm-hmm. woods so many laid over logs yep. stumps tree lines you see a duck and you're like oh yeah and you, you know you get a cripple or whatever or a duck that died there is so many diversions for a dog to comprehend and overcome mm-hmm. And a diversion bird in the game, you know, whether it's a hunt test or whatever game you're playing with your dog, a diversion bird is something that takes him or her off of her course of action, right? It diverts them. Mm -hmm. Um, The woods are hard for dogs. Yeah, very. They're hard. Yeah, very. Very difficult. Especially with a little dog like Sage. She's like 50 pounds. How deep is the water typically when you're shooting in the woods? 18 inches. At most, the deepest that we will hunt is like waist deep. The deepest. So the really? You get into waist-deep water mm-hmm. in the woods? Yeah. So the dogs Off of the river bottoms? River bottoms, swimming. and sometimes in biomedium. What river bottoms are we talking? Black, r- the white, the cash. and the white. Cash and the white. Cash and the white. I love yeah. that word, cash. The cash. C-A-C-H-E. That's, yeah. if I would have had a boy, he was being named Cash. Mm-hmm. Off of the Cash River. That's a cool-ass name. The Cash is almost the coolest place in the world. I think of Johnny Cash. He didn't spell it that way. He spelled it like money. Yeah. The coolest place in the world. I shot a man in Reno just to watch him I bet there's rich folks in and fill them dining cars. They're probably drinking coffee and smoking big cigars. I know I had it coming, huh? What, you don't like country music? Oh, I love country. If you had to pick one song to sing right now, what would it be in your life? Go. These boots are made for walking. And that's, that's just what, what they'll, they'll do. One of these days, these boots are gonna walk all over Tommy, go. David Allen Coe, never call me by my first name. You gotta sing it. Go. You don't have to call me darling. Darling, you never even call me by my name. I sent that song to my good friend, Steve Goodwin. I told him I wrote the perfect country and western song. Steve wrote back and said, I didn't you did write. not write the perfect country and western song because you didn't mention anything, anything about, about mama, mama trains, trucks. Or, or prison, getting drunk. Or prison. <laughs> and getting drunk. So I wrote the last verse of this song, and I sent it back to Steve Goodwin, and he wrote back and said, you have written the perfect country and western song. <laughs> I was drunk the day, the day my, my mom, mom got, got out of prison. prison. I, went I went to pick, pick her up in the rain. rain. But before I could get to the station in my pickup truck, she got run over by a damned old train. And I'll 
hang around as long as you will. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me. Because I never minded standing in the rain. Dude, David Allen Coe was it? He wrote the, he sang the original version of Tennessee Whiskey. That Chris Stapleton made a number one hit. Did he really? That song was written by a female and Dean Dillon, I believe. If you look that up, Dean Dillon wrote a lot of, Mm-hmm. Like 30 number one hits for George Strait. He wrote The Chair in 15 minutes on a bet in a bar. Really? His buddies are like, dude, this guy can write a song about anything. Did he really? Like, he could write a song about anything. Like, he could literally write a song about that chair. About right the chair. There. And he wrote The Chair. You no know, way. quite a few country singers, right, John? That's where I learned my, that's where I got my pipes. That's where I got my. In <laughs> <laughs> your memory. No, just my chops. Like I could really give her on stage. Like if yeah, I got well, one chance, yeah, that makes sense. Get back. Get back. Oh yeah, I've had. Get back. I had. Did you sing today? What'd you sing today? Well, you I had Drake something. White. Me and Drake White sang on, in the in the timber of Arkansas. Well, then you had Gary Lavox. He he was singing in Duck Camp with you. Gary and Cannon, Michael Ray. Yeah. Chase Rice, Zach Brown. You want me to keep going or my name dropping? No, it's a know, weird life. Yeah, no, you should keep it's, weird life. It's not for everybody. Country singer hunts. It ain't for everybody. It's more authentic. Tyler Farr. Tyler Farr's a hammer. Oh, yeah. You can see he's like. Guy walks into a bar. Dude's nope. a hammer. Oh, dude. Yeah. Redneck crazy. Whiskey my brother water. with Tyler Farr, and they're about to putt, and he goes, a guy was putting for par. <laughs> <laughs> dude, Tyler Farr is the coolest. He played last I used to week. Deer hunt with that guy when I was like fifteen, right? Bef- years yeah, old. right before we come up here, Anna and I went to Nashville for Tim Montana's American Thread charity shoot for mm-hmm. the special ops excursions and Scott Graves, <laughs> and um, Tim had some badass guests for the concert this year. It was Michael Ray got up there and sang his new song. Michael Ray's a badass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is. He's great. Um, Colby Kaye. What's your name? Colby Kai or yeah, Colby Kai. Yeah. I think that's right. Yippee Kai. <laughs> Yippee Kai, <Kaye>, mother. <laughs> um, Tim Montana sang. Edit that out. Colby Kai, um, Michael Ray. I don't want to miss anybody because it was a fantastic show. Um, oh, Daryl Worley got up and did Ooh. Have You Forgotten? Oh, yeah. God. yeah, yeah. I have tears. Um, Tyler Farr got up and did A Man Walks, A Guy Walks Into a Bar, mm-hmm. Redneck Crazy. And then he did a Bonnie Raitt song to open his set, which was difficult. I was like, damn. But, dude, you there know who they had? They had the lead singer of Collective Soul. And really? He came out and did Heaven, Let Your Light Shine Down. He did mm-hmm. them all, all their hits. And I was like, damn, that dude is solid. He was so smooth. I don't know yeah. why we're off on a music deal. Music's cool because. It's it, the it's, coolest thing ever. It is. Like, it's the coolest thing guy. ever. Oh, why yeah. do you like Billy String so much? I mean, he jams, dude. He's so good at guitar. Who are you just in Colorado seeing at Red Rocks? Big Goose. G? Goose. Goose. Explain yeah. Goose. Is that like the modern it's a jam. day fish? Is it modern day fish? Eh, yeah. Given, Don't make yeah, fun give of or fish. Take. <laughs> I'm not a big fish long. guy. I'm not a big fish are guy. Are you a Grateful Dead guy? I'm a, I'm a dead guy for are sure. Are you a deadhead? Oh, yeah. For sure. God, they're just so boring. I love the dead, dude. Do you like love the dead the and dead. company better with John no, Mayer? Did you absolutely like Johnny not. Gar- Jerry Garcia? Of course. Touch Jerry, way better. I've never I've never seen Dead & Co. ever. And I, and, and, to- and like I don't have anything against them. I like what they do, and you know you still have like you know Bob Weir, and you have original members of the band, but it's not the same without Jerry. It's just not the same to me. My buddy went to both nights in Boulder, 
And then yeah. another buddy of mine went to all three nights in San Francisco to end the tour, mm-hmm. which is the last ones ever. Yeah. Um, so they say. 65,000 people a night in Frisco, which is where so they the say, was though. from. So they say. Okay, so we ended the last podcast. <laughs> Stay. What are ripples on the water? You said the dog will come out, he'll get a duck, and he'll come back. Ducks will start working again. Because when you're in the timber, you can't beat them out of there with a bat. When they're in there, they're in there. So, like, there might be another group coming. I'm serious. Like, I've, I've hunted the timber enough to know, yeah. like, you can hunt the timber 20 days in a row when they start using that piece of timber. Mm-hmm. You're, might not, you're not shooting at the same ducks every day. That's just part of it. When they start coming out of whether it's southeast Missouri, western Can- or eastern Kansas, those ducks start getting into those river bottoms, and they start following the white, the black, the cash. They finger down into the Grand Prairie of Stuttgart, Arkansas, and anywhere in that area, and then they continue going into the east part of Arkansas into the Mississippi River. You can't beat them out of those woods with a bat. No. When they're in there, they're in there. But you made a remark, like the dog's swimming back, there's ripples on the water, the water's moving. We all understand the importance of ripples on the water. Yeah. You gotta have ripples. If it's yep. if there's no wind, it's hard. Yeah. You, without wind, you can still create ripples with a jerk string, yep. motion decoys. Right. Mojo makes a ton of great ones. But what did you mean by that in the timber? Like because where I'm going with this is that Arkansas has the best duck callers in the world. Mm-hmm. And it's because it's a audio state for ducks. Mm-hmm. Get back. You're panting. Get, 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 get back. Stay. Sorry, folks. He's just fired up. Um there, you, you, you call them a lot because you can't see decoys really good in the timber. No. A lot of Arkansas people don't even use mm-hmm. decoys. Yeah. Or the koi. They don't even use the koi. The koi. Um, yeah. It's the koi. The koi. So. What are you doing there? What do you, what did you mean by that? With the, when the dog's coming back and the, the water's moving, mm-hmm. is that because it just creates liveness? Yes and no. I mean, obviously, if, if there's a dog out in, the decoy swimming around, it's going to create ripples, which in turn makes your decoys that you actually have move. But at the same time, I mean, if you watch ducks in the woods, they tend to swim in a single file line. And when they swim in that single file line, it creates the same ripples as a dog does when it swims through the water, whether he's picking up ducks or he's just, he's broke or done whatever. When he's swimming through the water, it creates the same effect as natural mallards do that swim through the woods in the water. And the ducks ahead or or overhead love it and they can't stand it. They love it. They key in on that kind of ripple. So, like when you use a jerk string, that's great. But when you use a jerk string, they go back and forth and that creates ripple out. But then when you have a dog or whatever, it swims it's 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 basically swimming so it's it's just a different ripple effect that you have when a dog's swimming or when you're walking through the woods even if you're walking through the woods you walk through the woods with two or three decoys behind you you'll kill your ducks and it works every time explain that what do you mean two or three decoys behind you yeah so like if you're on public land you're trying you're to find that somewhere you're to hunt them mhm yeah so if you're on public land, you're on in your own woods, whatever. If you're walking through the woods, tow two or three decoys behind you like on a rope and you just walk through the woods, the ducks will key in on that are because it's cr- are you not even you don't have to. You don't have to. Behind are the decoys. 
10 yards. So there's no Maybe not hole? even. No. So you don't have to. There's no there. way ducks can see you from way up there. You're mm-hmm. not breaking ducks from way up there. They no. can't see down in there. No, they're buzzing the treetops. Oh, they're buzzing the treetops. Yeah, they're buzzing the treetops. So you're walking through the woods, mm-hmm. towing decoys, ducks are coming down and you're shooting them? Well, they come into the woods, yeah. Oh. That's yeah. Like have you done that? Mm-hmm. That's another version. Are you a duck caller, Tommy? Not really. Not very good. Does Terrible, it, actually. Does it ever mess with your mind that you have all these members of the wolf pack that are duck callers? And <laughs> yeah. Can you be the leader the wolf if you pack. can't call? Yeah, can no. you be the leader of the pack, like Twisted Sister, no. the leader of the pack? That was a cover that D. Snyder, J.J. French, and Mark the Animal no, Mendoza, and A.J. Pirro did. That was the four starting lineup of Twisted Sister. I want to rock. We're not going to take it. No. Oh, dang, they were freaking good. I don't like him anymore. Rat was good. Anyway. We're back on music. No, but. Tie it all in. This is kind of a weird question because I know you're not an egotistical dude and, and there's a lot of ego in duck hunting. But my favorite part of duck hunting is the audio part. What's your favorite part, Blake? The audio calling. How do you not want to be a proficient duck caller but love duck hunting so much? And I'm not saying that it's wrong. Right. I'm just asking you to explain that you You've, you're on record of saying that your two favorite things in hunting are mallard ducks and turkeys. Sure. Do you call turkeys? Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you use a diaphragm? I don't. I can't. You use a slate. Use a I bottle. do. Does it tickle your mouth use, too much? I, I just can't. I can't. You can't get it. I can't your do tongue, it. You have no dexterity. I've tried tongue. every single year. I try to every year, a month, two months before turkey season, I'll throw in a diaphragm call. I can't do it. It's something I've got. To, so I'm tongue tied and I just can't do it. Okay, I've tried. So I've tried. Does it as mess hard with your mind at all when you're around all these guys? What, what's the guy's name that's won the cut down world three times? Drake Levy. Drake Levy. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Drake Levy. I will smoke you in any Drake contest. Levy, Dallas Odom. I'll, I'll smoke any of them. Ramsey Hill's a great duck caller. My buddy Hall Lyons. After you heard me tonight, great Tommy, duck will caller. You tell these guys on microphone right now that I'll smoke them in a contest. I'm not going to say that. Come on, Blake, say it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You can call. You can call. You're a fantastic. No, I'm not. I am, great duck I am caller. literally a fake. Great duck caller. Prima donna. If you read the internet, um, <laughs> I'm not saying that you can't beat him. That's not Are what you I'm tired, saying. Drake? I mean, Blake. Yeah. Are you tired, Drake? I'm tired, but Blake's wide I thought, awake. I, yeah, I was going to say. Drake's tired, but Blake's wide awake. Are you tired, Blake? Oh, no. Are you okay? I'm fired up. Are you sure? Yeah. Because your eyes are going like this. Yeah. Are you okay? Keep For thinking, the people that can't thinking. see that, he's closing them. So, um, <laughs> does it ever wear on you? And I, I, again, no. I want to I no. want to preface this by saying Tommy is very unconfrontational. He's a sweetheart. He has no ego at all. I love this kid. Does it ever bother you that you go hunting and you're not the one that's delivering that? No, no, really, even a little bit. I don't know if I have the mindset that I could handle that. No, I because always like, wanted to call, dude. So it was like the it was like what Tony Vanham works, my good buddy Tony at Habitat Flats in Missouri, explained on this podcast. It was like that, you know, when you get invited into the boys' club by your dad and your uncle. Finally, you're like, oh yeah, you can drive, drive the tractor. Oh yeah, take the wheel, or Oh yeah, you can go tend to the cows. Like you, you finally get to that point where they trust you. Calling is kind of like that. What is the word I'm looking for? It's not graduation, but it's like that acceptance. Acceptance. It's like that level you get to to where if you suck, you're not invited to call in the blind. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, your dad's like, "Oh wow, Tommy's really getting her. Give it to her, Tommy." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dude. So like for me, I don't feel that. It doesn't bother me, especially with like the group of guys that I hunt with. Like the wolf pack. 
<laughs> yeah, we call it the wolf pack. Whatever. I call Y'all it. call it the wolf pack. I do. We don't call it the wolf pack. We don't call it the wolf pack. Like, so, like, for me, like, everybody in the group has a role, you know? So, we have, like, our hole runner. We've got our caller. We've got Explain the a dude. hole runner, please. So, a hole runner is the dude that runs the hole. We hunt all public land all over Arkansas. That guy, he's the one that has the fastest boat. He's the one that gets the hole. And you have to be the fastest and the best and the most mad at them to get to where you want to hunt. The best at what? Boat, best boat operator? Best boat operator, the fastest dude in have the world. Have you woods. ever seen a fist fight at a public land boat ramp in Arkansas? No. Have you ever seen a wreck? Yes. I was have you part ever of seen one. an injury? I pulled a couple of my buddies out of the water in a boat wreck, yes. Because people are they're in such a hurry to get to the hole mm-hmm. that people will run into people. Yeah. Are yeah. you serious? Yeah. It's silly. What's the most boats you've ever seen at one public boat ramp in Arkansas taking off in the morning? Over a hundred. Wow. Wow. Over a hundred. Dark. It's dark, right? What what's the legal four o'clock in the morning? What's the legal time you can leave the boat ramp? Four AM. Is there people there that are like watching like in Bassmaster? I mean, dude, I've ran the hole, quote unquote, to be the first boat in the water for our team to be the first one out of the gate at four AM and I've got their the day before, the night before. I've done that too. I've slept in boats. I've slept, I've slept in trucks. In, oh yeah, I've slept in my truck. Like I've slept in a boat. Big leg, like yeah. Back in the day it's, when we were running not, public. So yesterday when we were at dinner, and you said, "Hey, we're leaving at one o'clock." To me, I thought we were leaving here at one a.m. You wouldn't have made it. What are you talking about? Of course I would. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I bet me and Blake wouldn't have made it. <laughs> I was like, dude, yeah, that's normal for me. We leave, we go to bed at, I mean, shit, we'll go to bed at, sorry, can't. You could cuss. Can't say shit. You could say that. Like, we'll go to bed at nine o'clock, wake up at midnight, go to the ramp, put the boat in, sit at the ramp until four and then launch and be, I mean, shit, if we do that, half the time, we're not the first people that are there. What time do you have to be out of public woods in Arkansas? Well, you have to be out, out. What's the latest night. you've ever stayed? Do you stay till noon if you're not killing them? It's changed. So when I was in college, you could hunt till noon. You had to be out of the woods by one. So it's changed a little bit. Now you have to be out, out completely. You have to be through the gate, what we call the gate. There's a gate right at the beginning of every boat ramp in Arkansas. Well, not every boat ramp, but in Biomeda especially. That's where I hunt mostly. There's a gate there. You have to be in that gate by noon. If you're not, you're getting a ticket because there's a there's a game where doesn't matter. You're getting a ticket. Doesn't matter. And if your boat breaks down, typically there's a game warden. He's going to find you, or you'll have a buddy that drags you out. And and typically they're they're very lenient on that kind of thing. Like if your boat actually breaks down and like you're screwed, right. Now you're wearing it's good. when you're in the boat. Oh, yeah. Now, how deep is the water? Well, it depends where you're at. That's you, a good question because a lot of people don't. But you fall in the water, let's just say, right, out of the boat. They the feel like you're done. Are you sinking like an anchor? Like, mm-hmm. do you need a pocket knife and you mm-hmm. in your chest uh, pocket oh, yeah. to cut the bottom? Uh, or are you doing like a I mean, fetal position to create pockets in your waders? What I mean, I don't really, we don't really think about that. 
I mean, like, so I had a, shared with that that's many always been right? my biggest fear is hunting out of a boat. Oh, it's the worst. Wearing, it's it's terrifying. Know, if I'm wearing waders, like, you know, you got jackets on. You it's got scary. Hair, yeah, it's scary. You might hit your head. I don't want to sink out there. So. Yeah, I mean, it happens. Like, like I said, I pulled two of my buddies out of the water. They flipped their boat in by me to flip their boat, and I pulled them. I was in the boat behind them, and I pulled them out of the water. And luckily, there was a game warden, like, right down the ditch from us. I mean, that water was probably eight feet deep. And then where'd you go? Straight back to the boat ramp. Took them back, and then we went back out and hunted. Did they stay in there and get warm? No. They went back to the, they went back to the camp and dried all their shit out. Were they scared? Dude, I was scared. I wasn't even in the boat. It was the scariest... Plague's questions. I, 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 dude, I hate it. It was, it was the worst. It was the worst thing that I've ever experienced. It was, it was terrible. You should always consider wearing a necklace knife on a lanyard when you're, when you're in a boat. It was, and you choose to wear your waders because a lot of people, like our guy that we were just with in Saskatchewan, they wait until they get to the hole and then put their waders on once they get when they're stopped. Yeah, but you can't do that in Arkansas. Like where, where we hunt, like. You take the boat, and nine times out of ten, you can't boat right into your hole. So you have to park, you know, a couple well, hundred, you couple still, hundred yards you away. You can still stop the boat before you start walking and put your waders on in the boat. Yeah, that's what no, we No, but you can't. But you can't. Why? Because you get to where you have to park the boat, and then nine times out of ten, you're racing somebody. Oh, so it's a race. Oh, it's a foot race. At that so point, oh, it's a foot oh, race. Yeah. It's a foot you race. You get out of the boat, your waves mm-hmm. on running. Well, see, yeah. When I was in college. Oh, yeah. Are you serious? Like, oh, yeah. You're walking with a headlamp as fast as you can racing oh, yeah. another dude. Oh, yeah. And then what happens when you get there two seconds before him? The flashlight ward. Then you get the, then you get the hole. It's Do they your hole. with you? Do you say, no. coming home with us? No. Well, I mean, sometimes. It depends on who it is, because, like, we know – a lot of people around there. Now, how far do you want the other group to be from you? 300 yards. Yeah. Minimum. Right. And if they set up closer to you, then it's going to be, a, it's, then it's an issue. Well, the, the reason I, I say about the waiters is when I was in college, my college roommate, Scotty Lehman and Richie Raboli, we were going up the Missouri River and there were le- legit icebergs coming down. Oh, yeah. Like big blocks. Oh, yeah. And we're in the 16-foot center console. Nice boat. That's what happens when we, when we, we hunt the white. We were hitting, right? And when that, and the prop would hit the, the iceberg like a, like a blender, chewing ice, right? Boom. And like... I felt like we could, we almost went over the front multiple times, and oh, I'm wearing waders, going, I don't have a knife, you know what I mean? And, and you're in the river, right? Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter how well you could swim either. Yeah, so screwed. from that point, I go, I'm not sure I ever want to wear waders on the boat again. Dude, like, I'm gonna put them on when I get there, but that makes sense with the with the race you got mm-hmm. going on. Is this is it worth it though in the in the big picture, right? I mean, you got you got to be good at what you do, but I mean, no, is the knife the solution not. to all this? But like, you don't think about it. Well, so it's like, cut you open and give you breathability, and let you not get sunk. So right? you don't, so you but like, but like, you don't, you don't, you don't think on a about lanyard it. door. You're not having to go into a pocket. But like, you don't right. think about it. Like we'll go hunt like the Cache or the White. The Cash River and the White River. I mean, shit, the Cash River or the White River, it's 60 feet deep, 40 to 60 feet deep. When you're running that hole. Well, it's more than, when it's more than seven feet, you know, it doesn't dude, matter. Like, it doesn't, and, and, point, nobody's, and, and nobody wears a life jacket. Nobody wears one of those pole cord life jackets. And you don't think about it because, like, you don't expect it, of course. Well, so you were in college, right? You're younger, maybe. You know, it, I mean, things. yeah, it's silly. We probably should, but like. Our thought and my thought is like, just get there and do what you have to do. It's not like a probably I remember should. Remember when be, I was ten years old, I got my hunter education. 
I went through the course. And, and there was some part of that textbook that showed if you fell in the water wearing waders to go and like, you know, grab your knees, get in a fetal position, make like an air pocket and, mm-hmm. and that, that could save you. Right. So let's just say for all you out there, you fell off the boat, you got no knife. I mean, that is your, you know, I don't trust that one bit. No. Are you going to try to put, get your waders off? I mean, well, there's been times where when I'm in a deep, the boat road or the boat ditch, like it's deeper obviously than the timber is. So, when you get to the hole, you're okay, but it's the, yeah, it's, it's, fine. it's the transportation in, getting there. Once you're into the woods, it's fine. And I am always analyzing, like, okay, I got a knife on my necklace, and I got my straps undone. I don't want to – because you go into panic, and you got to, like – it's like it's almost like a pistol in your safe, in your home, in a home defense situation. Are you prepared for it? A lot of people are like, oh, I got my CCW. Well, have you practiced with your gun? Have you practiced home defense? Can you get to your safe, boom, 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 fingerprint or combination, get your gun? Do you have a flashlight? Do you understand your home? Do you understand all of that? Like, it's not as easy as people think when it goes down. No. So, when you you could be prepared as heck in a mm-hmm. boat. And if that thing, something happens, you hit a stump and, a, you know, yep. we're, running the, we're running these gator tails and you hit a stump and bam, I always wear the freaking kill switch, mm-hmm. right? I well, always yeah. wear the, the, the kill switch. Yeah, everybody wears a kill switch. That's not true at all. Well, <laughs> all, my, all my guys do. They all, all, 100% all of my should. guys do. 100%. Um, the Wolfpack handbook to wear the, the, <laughs> the, the Wolfpack. Yeah, Wolfpack. I'm just it's saying. Still that not what it's called, but yeah. I undo my straps and I have a knife, but I also always consider not putting my waders on until you get to the hole. 99% of duck hunters wear their waders the entire boat ride. Hundred percent, if not a hundred percent of them, I would say, yeah, a hundred percent do. It's because, a, like, especially on public land, like, like where you park your boat, that's not where you're hunting. Ninety nine percent of the time. But you got a hundred boats raising to a spot. It's you're not a about, spot. The t- woods are big. But the you woods t- are big. But you talk about boats colliding. Doesn't matter if you're prepared. Now, two boats hit. You you know you're you're out cold. You can't save yourself. So yeah, it's dangerous. I mean, my guys that flip their boat. It was 25 degrees. They flipped their boat, went in the water. Luckily, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was probably shit. It was 10 feet deep, probably. And luckily, we were the next boat right behind them. And we pulled up on them and could pull them out of the water. Like, they, like, hit the bottom. They hit the bottom and, like, pushed up off the bottom and went... (gasps) And that's when we saw them. Wait, say that again. They went to the bottom of the boat ditch? Oh, yeah. They sunk. Oh, yeah. How did their waders not fill up? They did. We pulled them out after that happened. How'd you pull them out when you can't see them? We could see them. Oh, they, how did they get back up? We were, so we were running, you know, they were running in front of us and we were right behind them. They flipped the boat. How did they they flip it? They hit a stump? Yeah. They hit a stump and, I mean, shit happens. Were they racing another person? Uh, I wouldn't say they were racing. No. It was just, it happens. Like, what size boat is optimal size? Seventeen. Nah, no, that boat was that boat was seventeen fifty four. That boat was um fifteen forty two. And how many people? That's can a little you, boat. How many people? That's what all of them are. Shit, I have buddies that run fourteen foot boats. What'd you ask, Blake? How many people are you putting in a seventeen foot boat safely? Well, one. Are you going four in people, the pub, decoys, in, and dog? Four and a dog. Four and a dog. Yeah. Well, in public, so that boat. Is only graded for two people, so you put two people in that boat and a dog, maybe a dog, maybe. 
And are we if talking V hole? Flat bottom. V hole. Where does the dog ride if you say maybe? In the bottom of the boat. No, I'm saying if you said maybe a dog. Are you saying that? You, I'm just saying like you another boat. Yeah, like typically, like your whole rudder isn't going to have a dog. Do you it? hunt every day with a dog? No. Really? Mm-mm. I mean, typically nine times out of ten, yes. But it depends on like boat space. So boat space is like a very, it's a very difficult thing to figure out, which most people don't think of it that way. But like it is. So like, let's say we're hunting eight people and we have three boats. We'll take two, two, and two in those three boats and leave and leave two people at the ramp. The first dude, the hole runner, is going to go run the hole, get it, sit in it, chill there. The second boat is going to have all the decoys, all everything that we need to hunt that day, go to that hole, drop that stuff off, and then he's going to go back and pick up the other two dudes at the ramp. And then the third boat is like the safety boat, which is like if something goes wrong or like, you, you know, if a boat, if a boat dies or doesn't make it there, then he can haul it back to the trailer. So it's like, it, it's an operation, dude. And it's difficult. Let like, me ask you this, Tommy. I've always stressed this of my pride in being a great captain of a duck boat. Like, I, I go to I go to the Keys in Florida, yeah. Fort Lauderdale, Boca Raton, the Bahamas, Dominican Republic, sail fishing, bill fishing, spear fishing, whatever it is. And I watch these captains and I'm like, God, I'm so envious. They're mm-hmm. awesome. They spot fish. They race fish. They chase fish. I'm also envious of butchers. I think a badass butcher is yeah. amazing with knives. My godfather, Lauren Biglier, is a butcher. But have you ever – I asked you about duck calling, mm-hmm. goose calling, speck calling, whatever you do. You don't hunt a lot of Canada geese, but no. specks and ducks. I'm very anal about becoming – I don't want to become a good golfer. My brother, Clint, he wants to be a scratch golfer. To each their own, right? Yeah. I want to be an awesome duck boat operator. Stumps, river systems – Every single thing that comes with navigating duck water, duck holes, mm-hmm. duck duck property, duck land. I want to be the best. And, and, and I'm nowhere near a lot of the people that you are, whether like what you're calling a hole runner. You yourself personally, and Blake, you answer this too. I love the idea of water when it comes to water fouling. Right. What we did tonight is awesome in Alberta. Mm-hmm. But man, I'd much rather be in water. Of course. Um, it's the best. Mallards over dry corn in Montana and the Billings River or a sugar beet field in Forsyth, Montana or corn in North Dakota. It's amazing. Oklahoma peanut fields, amazing. But water is what I want. Why aren't you the hole runner? Do you take pride in your boat skills and your boat operation? Or do you even drive them? Do you understand a mud motor? Do you know how to use them? And do you feel comfortable and confident with them? Or does it even matter as long as you get to shoot ducks? So my uh, the way that I I guess my contribution to the team would be is like so I ride with Duff. Duff is my boat captain, and we have run boats together for shit six seven years together. And I'm always like, and it's it, it's tough too because like when you're sitting there waiting the launch, there's fifty boats there. So you have to like push people off and move and you have to, you know, weasel your way in. And then once you get past the gate, 
then it's when it gets serious. So like, wait, real quick, don't don't forget where you're at. Describe the gate again. What yeah, is the so, definition of the gate? Yeah, so the gate is in public land. Let's call it Biomeda. So I hunt Biomeda in Arkansas. It's the greatest place on the planet. I agree, hundred percent. But don't come there. You're not allowed, <laughs> especially if you're an oozer. I'm an oozer. What an oozer is that? Somebody that's a non-resident, out of stater. I'm an out of stater technically, but I own land there. We so. are not welcome in Arkansas. Trust no. me. In duck hunting, everybody leave. <laughs> everybody don't <laughs> yeah. don't go even to, book a ticket to Little Rock. Yeah, go to Louisiana. Go Stuttgart to Kansas. Go hunt. In, Stuttgart is in Germany, actually. Yeah, go, go to Germany. Go to hunt. Beer, go to hunt. Fest. Cattle ponds in Kansas, Nebraska. Have at it. What is the beer festival in Germany called? Oktoberfest. Oh, there you go. It's right yeah. now. Yeah, go, go there. there. Don't go to Stuttgart, go Arkansas. Go to Stuttgart, Don't go to Stuttgart Arkansas. That place sucks. You so will what, not kill So ducks. what is the gate? So at every boat launch, there's there's an area that you can stage at, basically. You can stage there until 4 a.m. After 4 a.m., you can't go past it. After 4 a.m. It's not an actual physical gate, though. There is a physical gate. Oh, there is like a, a physical buoy? Yes. There's a physical gate. So it's, it's a like yellow a, physical gate that only lets one boat through So in the, in the, in the off season so, when it's dry, it's, it's an actual gate that opens and closes? No. It's just a gap, like in a fence, basically. So it's not a gate. We call it a gate. What's the definition it's of a gate? It's called a gate. I don't want, I want this is a later date. I, 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 it's like I'm two not, fences I'm not, with an opening and only one boat can go through at a time. Correct. That's exactly so, what it is. Okay, it's a so, fence that only one can, boat can go through at a time. Okay, cool. It's not that hard to figure out. Well, it's it is. It's, it's, it's different because I'm, I'm well, picturing the a gate. We call it a gate. Okay, cool. A gate. Don't get called. upset. I'm, I'm just trying to figure out. I, I thought this is like all. Black Friday. Like everybody's in line waiting, and it's like yes. once those doors open, it's like wham! I'm going to get the TV first. Yes, right? that's exactly and, what it is. And, and in exactly the West, what it is. But it's gate, every you close the gate. So yeah. could you imagine a hundred boats? He gets out, opens the gate, closes the gate. The next boat comes out. Yeah, opens but, the gate, so, closes the gate. Yeah, in the South, it's every day. So we do it every fucking day. Sorry. Oh, you're good. Every every freaking day. How many koi? Dude, at most two dozen. Have you ever had a koi? At pond? most. At most. You know there's a such thing as a koi pond, right? It's a fish. Yeah, I know what a fish is. So when I you say koi, is. I want you to make sure that people in our audience understand that's Tommy Miller's version of a a decoy. A decoy. A decoy. A decoy. He takes the D and obviously, the D obviously their greenhead gear hammer decoy. <laughs> Great. No, you said hammer koi. <laughs> hammer koi. Hammer koi. That is a great name for a hammer decoy koi. company. Wait, hammer hammer koi. koi. How long are the lines on the on the kois with the weight? How long are the lines? Oh, yeah. 36 inches max. No. And flood of timber, not even 20. close. Not even close. I mean, because if like, not long enough, they're going to float away. No. At most, 20, at most 24 inches. Even though when At you do most. find current and flooded timber, unless unless it's early season, oh. well, so like fresh water is what ducks look for. In yeah, timber. so early season we hunt like like uh, White River lakes or Cash River lakes, which are like these huge oxbow lakes, and we hunt those early season because there's no water anywhere. But in people that flood rice fields. What? Or the public that we're hunting, so we hunt these oxbow lakes, and those decoy lines can be 50 feet 
Because those oxbow lakes are this, this fifty whole feet. Water reminds me of the Butte Sink in California because when when the Sacramento River gets so high, it floods out the Butte Sink, and that's why all these clubhouses are up on stilts, right? Right, Two right. stories tall is where the clubhouse is, right? So you get these uh, clubs that they don't pull their decoys in time because when that sink floods, it floods fast, right? Mm-hmm. So you get all these decoys that just just go out in the, with the tide, right? <laughs> so the water gets so deep that these decoys end up in the trees, right? And then the water drains, and then they look like Christmas tree ornaments mm-hmm. up in the up in the up in the trees, right? Yeah. But you also get a lot of people that go out there and they go, "Oh, free decoys, right?" Because they're everywhere. Everywhere. So, it's almost like golf balls. Yeah, like free Pro V ones. <laughs> yeah, right? just Pro <laughs> Free G eights. Like, give me, you know, give me a Pro V one. Yeah, yeah, give me one. <laughs> As long as you don't get your hand bit off by an alligator. Right. Thank you all for listening to the Foul Life Podcast, talking everything Canada, Alberta, up here with my boy Dave Stanley. His brother Alan's here. Be back right back with part two. Tommy Miller, Blake Famey, Chad Building. One man, Uh, one dog, and their extraordinary waterfowl journey together. You both want Duff puppies. Actually, I told you, I said, give me Duff. Where would the bidding start for Duff? 5,000 per paw, so 20 grand. I would never sell you Duff. Look at me. I love you too. Oh, your breast stinks. Yukonuba. Fuel your sporting dog with advanced nutrition designed for peak performance. And to unleash your dog's athletic potential like Chad has done for Duff, visit yukonubasportingdog.com. So stick around because Chad, Blake, Tommy, and Duff will return in a moment. We have some unbelievable dogs. Axel, Slash, Duff, Izzy. Yeah, they're all named after the original lineup of Guns N' Roses, the greatest rock band of all time. And we feed them Yukonuba premium performance. This diet is amazing. You want to talk about a happy dog? You look at a bunch of duck hunters in Arkansas after the morning hunt and they go into Mr. Billy Bogey's breakfast at Prairie Wings. That's what these dogs look like. Their tongues are hanging out. I mean, they're panting. They're like, Mr. Billy Bogey, I got to have some of that fried bologna and those fried eggs. I got to have some of those grits and sausage and bacon. He doesn't cut corners and neither does you, Canuba. Our dogs are so happy. They're so healthy. They're so energetic. They're powerful. They're machine-like. It's amazing to see how these dogs perform when they're being fed right. And the science and dedication behind the Yukonuba diet is second to none. This is not just a passion project. This is something that we needed in this space. Our dogs deserved better and Yukonuba delivered for the duck dog, sporting dog, upland dog, pointer. It doesn't matter what kind of dog you own. Your dog is going to perform better and your dog is going to be happier eating a Yukonuba diet. The official dog food of the Foul Life podcast and the Foul Life TV. It's Yukonuba. Get you some today. Make sure that you train transition it correctly but i promise you you're going to see different results their personality their performance it's unbelievable thank you all for supporting yukonuba premium performance dog food if you're tired of settling for second-rate gear that doesn't perform when it counts, look no further than Bandit, the ultimate choice for hunters and outdoor enthusiasts. From top-of-the-line hunting jackets to ultra-comfortable, meticulously crafted waders, Bandit has everything you need to take your outdoor game to the next level. Their gear and innovations are anything but average, designed to give you the edge you need to succeed. But it's not just their gear that makes Bandit stand out. Bandit accessories like their backpacks, blind bags, gun cases, and more are built to withstand anything the outdoors can throw at you. Head to Bandit.com and experience the difference for yourself. Choose Bandit and dominate the outdoors like never before. 
We love Nashville, Music City, USA, Broadway, Lower Broadway, Grand Old Opry, The Ryman, The Bridgestone Arena, The Predators playing, Big Time Concerts, Midtown, Losers Bar and Grill. There's so many iconic places, but the place that we never miss is Scoreboard Nashville, Music Valley, right across the street from the unbelievable Gaylord Opry Center Resort and Hotel where the National Wild Turkey Federation Convention is every February. We can't wait for February of 2024 for another successful NWTFC and all of our friends there. And we always started off with a kickoff party at the scoreboard Nashville. The hot chicken, the deck, the live music, the cold drinks, the bartenders, the service, the smiles, the story. And now you can find the provider on the menu, the rubs, the new wing sauce, the right wing sauce. Thank you, scoreboard. Thank you to the Hobbs family. Thank you to Bobby Johnson. Thank you to Megan, the entire crew, the staff. They roll out the red carpet every time they see us and they roll out the red carpet to every single one of their patrons. So when you're in Nashville the next time, check them out. Go to the Grand Old Opry right across the street and then enjoy night with a nice cold beer visit the scoreboard next time you're in music city usa nashville tennessee we're back it's the foul life the canada edition part two and chad belding blake Femi, and tommy miller are dead set on finding true success afield do you have aspirations or goals as a waterfowl hunter watching you with the provider cookbook like wow that's incredible and like the traeger and just everything that's going along with there's more to the hunt like now let's cook them up let's be a chef now it's like we learned how to call we learned how to shoot. We learned how to cook. That is the coolest thing in the world. I talk about sustainability all the time. The encompassing effect of farming, feeding wildlife, feeding America, feeding the world. And it's really not about killing the bird in the big picture. Well, it's all about letting them do it right. This episode of The Foul Life, the Canada edition part two, is brought to you in part by High Viz Sites, Napa Valley Olive Oil, Bodyguard Bumpers, and Mossy Pond Retrievers. Now, back to the boys. So, Blake, I'm going to ask you this. You hear um, Tommy talking about the waters, the boats, the koi. What is your... The koi. What is your aspirations as a waterfowl hunter of... When I hear Tommy talk like that, like I'm like visualizing Arkansas. Like, I love Arkansas. You've hunted in different places. You've hunted in Missouri. You've hunted in, in Canada now. You've hunted in California. You've done your thing. What are your aspirations as a waterfowl hunter? Like you have aspirations as a, a father, a boyfriend, an uncle, a businessman. Teachers have aspirations. You know, like there's aspirations, there's goals. I guess goals is a better word. Do you guys look at waterfowl hunting as I got to achieve something in my life? I want to achieve this. Like, okay, for lack of better terms or lack of better reference is we talked to Alan tonight about chasing 49. This whole ideology of killing a turkey everywhere a turkey is where huntable. They, where they can be hunted. Where they can be hunted. 49 yeah. states. Is Hawaii in that? I don't think so. Mm, yeah, it is. Is it? Mm-hmm. What, why is it only 49 then? What's the state that's Alaska. not? Alaska. Alaska. Okay, so. And they have turkeys in Alaska, but you for, can't hunt them know. there. You can't hunt there. No. Do you have aspirations or goals as a well, waterfowl hunter? You know, the thing is, like, when I go out there, I don't need to kill a limit. A lemon's great, right? That that's that's nice when you can go out there and get your birds. But also, it's like that kind of could be my form of like meditation or yoga, right? It it's like when you're out there and the sunrise is coming up, the migration. I mean, this is no BS. Like th- it's amazing. Like when you watch thousands of birds coming over the top and the sun coming up, and you know, there's like maybe a cold morning in California. Like we get ice on the pond. You know, it, like. That is unbelievable, right? And then you got your, your 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 loved one, your family, your father, whatever in the blind. You're spending time. 
That is incredible. And like sometimes you don't really realize it until you get older or you look back and go, wow, right? You you really don't remember that duck, but you remember those times with your dad. You remember those times with I don't I don't have a son, but like you would remember those times more than anything that you spent out there going, wow, I remember hunting with this guy or or this person, and and that's what's truly special. I mean, hunting is so much more than killing a bird. It's really not about killing the bird. In the big picture, I think once you become an established waterfowler, you learn to enjoy the dog, the the calling, the decoys, the strategies. Right? So it's like what Dave said is the appreciation mm-hmm. of all that. I, I never looked at the weather app so much in my life. Right? I want to know when the where the wind's coming from, how many miles per hour. Right? And That's the cool part of it. But let me before you quit talking. Tommy, can you stand my bottle of Axe body spray up? A lot of people tease me that I use Axe. Oh, yeah. it's it, They say that, Chad, are you in high school? I'm like, Axe, no. Axe Black? Dude, that's... 48-hour high-definition scent. But Axe, if you're listening, like, I'm available yeah. for a photo shoot. Yeah, it smells now, good. Well, but before yeah, you stop... Talking, like, I like Old Spice. But it makes sense with those sleeveless shirts. Faye, me, um, I understand that, and I agree with all that. <laughs> Do you have any goals, though? Like, I understand. Your dad's awesome. I'd love to hunt with him too. I miss my dad every day. I'm envious when we were when we were driving tonight and we were talking about envy and jealousy and how we need to quit this infighting and hunting. Like, stop it. Nobody's better than anybody. Just chill. Yeah. I just I'm envious of people that still get to hunt with their dads. It's crazy. Like, you guys still have your dads. Your dad's in his sixties. Your dad just retired from Jack Daniels. Mm-hmm. Like, live it up. When he's gone. And anything can happen in life. You, your dad might outlive you too. Who knows? But my dad died at 54, and I remember our last goose hunt, Christmas Eve, 2005. He died in August of 2006. I'm envious of people that still get to hunt with their dads. All I'm asking is, like, I understand what you're saying. You're with your dad. You're with your uncles. You're with your clients. You're with your friends. You know that you get to go do this and experience this and go back and have a Jack Daniels and cook some speck and be with Rocky and whatever. Be, Shout Ricky out. Harris, you know Ricky loves speck, right? Yeah, you know yeah. that Ricky loves specs, right? Yeah. Say it. Say it. <laughs> Ricky loves Ricky speck. loved them speckle bellies, especially when he's shooting a bonnet. Rick, hey, you didn't tell me the pheasant was going to scare the but, shit out of me, the, Blake. What, I think but, what I'm saying, the goal is, is that – I get to spend the quality time. My goal is to spend the quality time. My goal is, is to get someone new out there. My goal. Oh, that's, is, but you didn't say that. That's a good but, goal. But that's where I was going with it. My goal used to be, I want to kill my limit, right? But as, you, as I got a little older, you realize that, you know, we've shot a lot of limits, right? And, and now it's like watching you with the provider cookbook, like, wow, that's incredible. And like the Traeger and just everything that's going along with there's more to the hunt. Like now let's cook them up. Let's be a chef. Right. So now it's like we're, we learned how to call. We learned how to shoot. We learned how to cook for from start to finish A to Z. Like that is the coolest thing in the world is when you can call them, you could shoot them, you could cook them. And you get- it really is cool. I, I'm glad you said that because it is a cool deal. I've always said this is there's not a cooler lifestyle in the world than to hone your skill set. Why do you keep looking at that? You're wigging me out. I'm just curious what this mic's about. Oh. No, you're good. There's not a cooler skill set, in my opinion. No disrespect to anybody. Dave Stanley, who we fished with or who we hunted with tonight, he is an unreal fisherman. When I watch him work a fly rod, you're like, holy. But a lot of fly fishermen have the mindset of what? They want to be the best. No, 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 no. I'm talking about catch and release. A lot mm-hmm. of fly fishermen are out there fishing to eat the fish. 
they're trophy fishing or they're catching fish just to release them again. That, whether it's salmon or whether it's a sockeye, whether it's whether it's a trout, a brown or a brookie or a rainbow, whatever. Would you agree that yeah. most fly fishermen are releasing their fish? Right. Mm-hmm. Bass fishermen, they yeah. release their fish. And I mean, we if we could shoot and release, we'd probably do it too, right? But hundred percent, great point. But yeah. but the uh, the other but side that's of not, it is that's like, not part of it though. But that's why it's so important. Like now in 2023, you think about it. You have the access. You have the opportunity. You got the YouTube. You got the professionals. You could hire people. You could buy a provider cookbook. You could take a shooting lesson with with me, Blake. Right? I mean, it's. Did you say your own name? Yeah. Yeah. Business card. <laughs> you yeah, that's Blake. That's Blake. And that's Blake, ladies and gentlemen. Say that. Where I was going with that is that your skill set and what. I, I compared it to Dave Stanley's fishing, but your skill set in this life right here. I want to let everybody know what we're doing. It is right now, 12.07 a.m. It's midnight. Bedtime. Are you tired? <laughs> no. It's midnight time in Canada. Are you tired? Not at all. It's midnight time in Canada, and we're podcasting. The skill set that it takes to get to that point of wanting to have the passion to do what you do. Like I'm loving talking about this stuff because it really means a lot to me. Talking about Dave's fly fishing led me into where we were going is the skill set that it takes to do what Blake just described. Mm-hmm. Is there a cooler lifestyle in the world? Look at I love the idea of my buddy and my brothers going out on a Thursday night and trying to shoot par. But is there a cooler lifestyle than becoming a proficient hunter, calling ducks into your koi, wolf pack verbiage? Killing them ethically, honing your shotgunning skills, your dogs trained, your concealment, your scouting, your decoys, your spread. Then you take them back and go dry rub, olive oil, garlic, marinating them, whatever you want to do. Is there a cooler lifestyle no. than serving that up and no. saying, I am a true provider? I literally just went out and killed. 10 birds and that's to where feed I'm going my with family and friends. Like, you don't need to go to the grocery store. You really don't. You got your vegetables in the garden. Mm-hmm. You're shooting your birds. You yep. could literally live off the land. And, like, that yeah. is so cool. Not that you necessarily need that right now, but who knows what's coming ahead of us, right? We're looking at some – we don't need to go there. But Well, you have the greatest governor in the world. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. So, but the fact is that Newsom. I know, I know no matter what happens, I can go out there and give me some ducks. Yeah. And I can grow a vegetable, mm-hmm. and I can have dinner tonight. Where someone else goes, wow, the grocery store is closed. What do I do? Right? They're lost. Yeah. So the whole thing goes it. back to is I think that you need to be a man in this world, right? You need to learn how to call. You need Love to learn that. how to shoot. You need to learn how to cook. And you got to learn to not rely on anybody else but yourself. Learn how to shoot a gun. Learn how to call a duck. Learn how to cook. Buy the provider tra- uh, cookbook. That'll show you how to uh, eat good. So that's where I, mean, I was going with it. Is do you really want to come full circle? I talk about sustainability all the time, but everybody go look up what sustainability means. The encompassing effect of farming, feeding wildlife, feeding America, feeding the world. Teslas. <laughs> no, wait, wait. they're oh, sustainable, no. right? Well, I'm, I'm just saying that the word sustainability is a word that should be studied. And can you spell that word? Do you want me to? Kind of. Yeah. Okay. You ready? Yep. Do you want to look it up first on your phone? Sorry. No, I know how to spell it. I just want to see if you know how to spell it. S-U-S. Yep. T-A-I-N. A-B-I-L. And that's all, folks. A-T-Y. 
That or is, is it ITY? That is correct. <laughs> Sustainability. <laughs> I, just lost I, my think I think it's ITY. I will take business I think ethics it's for 200. <laughs> <laughs> you, sir. We I'd are like, now dumber for, like for whatever you like said. <laughs> All right. We are now dumber for so what you said. So here's the deal. The Fat Life Podcast is not about look at us, rah, rah. This is... This is eye-opening to me of, like, I watched Tommy experience his first Canadian. This is the Mecca. This is the Mecca right here. You are literally in the Canadian province of Alberta, and you get to see God's work. And we're not going to go into religion. I'm very spiritual, and I know you are, too. Sure. Are you spiritual, Blake? Yes. Hold your microphone closer. Say that again. Yes. Sexual (laughs) chocolate. Got them. <laughs> Got um, Take them. But I'm very spiritual. And my girlfriend, Anna, has brought a lot of spirituality. Happy in my birthday, life. Anna. Happy birthday, Anna. Shout Anna, out. Yeah, I love you. Um, 32. Better than you. Better than you. But. We're singing. Do you guys feel like we are. Do you feel like we're doing our jobs as we, we, we get the ability to have people listen to what we say or watch what we do? Are we doing a good job? Yes, we are. And I think we, so. we we hunted with Alan today, right? And a duck came on his side. I mean, feed out. He didn't shoot. And we kind of go, why do you shoot? He'd, he'd got his ducks already that morning, right? That guy is literally, he could have gone back, pressed his bird out, hit him. He didn't. He yeah. was like, I got my birds. We didn't know that. Good point. Because we went out in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're hunting with real hunters. I mean, we're obeying by the rules, the laws. Everything we do from start to finish in this hunting, right? We get one shot at this. And we're not going to mess that up. Especially as far as like being the ambassador of the sport. You want to you wanna represent as much as you can. But when I heard him say, hey, I'm not shooting this duck, I, I really thought uh, highly of that because, you know what, he could easily hid that he didn't or did or didn't shoot those ducks this morning. And he did not shoot a duck today, only geese. So Every hunter should listen to what you just said, Blake, and go, you know what? You're right. That's how it should be. Yeah. If you... Well, it's all about letting them do it right. What is character? Doing it right. It's about doing it right. It's exactly what character is. Doing it right doing when it nobody's right. looking. Yeah. Whether there's... It doesn't matter. Ch- just do it right. When nobody's looking. If there's a game sure. warden watching you, of course... Oh, there's a game warden. I'm not going to shoot this duck. I haven't seen a game warden in 14 days. Mm. I'm shooting this duck. No. Alan shot his birds this morning. Yeah. He was there to shoot snow, specks, and canadas. The epitome of a sportsman. A- epitome. And that he, was so he had a mallard almost land on his face. Never could have killed. We could have killed, what, 20 more ducks and geese if he would have actually. No, eight more ducks. We kill our little ducks. Eight more ducks. Eight more ducks. Are you counting, geese? Tommy? But how many geese? It, it, that, 20 more birds than what you and meant. that doesn't matter. What matters is, is he was being a sportsman, and he was right. Yeah. What, do, what, what do you think is the, in your opinion, in your hunting career right now at 29 years old, what is your end game as far as this season goes? What do you want to see happen in your life? And, and, and again, look. This season or in let, my life? No, right now. In your life during this season is like, do you want to up your game at all? Is meaning you're in the wolf pack already. You've already been accepted. And you got your card, right? Like he's got his card. 
unbelievable. Right, can we hear your howl? It's unbelievable. <laughs> How's your howl sound? It's unbelievable. Do the It's yeah. unbelievable it's that you great still call it that. Day to be alive. I know the mallards are flying when I go to. <laughs> okay, so I'm not saying it's a goal, but like this season right now. Yeah. You've already said, I don't call. Eh, I don't drive the boat. Eh. I just shoot at them when they come in kind of attitude. No, I, no, I don't. Do That's that. where we got to step it up a notch. Do you, do you want to step it up a notch? And I'm not saying that you haven't and that you need to. And no, that's not what I'm saying either. Like, everybody, in my opinion, like, with the team, everybody has their role. You've always hunted with people that can call. I hunt, with, got I hunt with some of the best callers in the world. So, therefore, and you I'm never je- picked up the and call. I'm jealous of that. So therefore, what do you yes. mean you're jealous? For? You just told me 20 minutes ago that you're not. You don't I'm want to become a better caller. Of course I do, but I can't. So like, why? I just can't because I'm tongue tied. I can't. No, what that's you, not true. What people go like this. Do hey, go, like, go like this. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a little lesson. You ready? Watch this. Put your tip of your tongue right here, right in line with your lips, and now touch your upper lip and your bottom lip. I can't do you're it. You're not tongue tied. I can't do it. Let me see. You did it perfect. You're not tongue tied. No, but, it, it, but the thing is, that's the point. Yes, it is. No, no, no the point. The point is, Tommy. No, the point is, wow. No, no, you're missing out. Whoa, you you are not hanging your landing on your rearview mirror, calling in the car, never practicing the office. I apologize for what my buddy Blake just said. You should, never, you should never hang your lanyard. On your rear view mirror. It's an analogy. Keep is no, bad. Point, so my no, point. It's an analogy. Keep a duck I'm call in the truck. S- what I'm trying to say. Always. Call. Is, By the way, I need my duck call back. Call. You didn't even is, blow tonight. Is it? I have, uh, well, I, I just have love a, jargon. You're not getting it back. I have a team of dudes. I have you a know team what jargons are? They're awesome. They're absolutely incredible at duck calling. Yeah, they're all right. And I have a, they're average at best. Yeah, you're right. Three-time world champion. It's fun. I have a team so, of dudes that are incredible duck hauling. So what I about you, though? Dudes, what I'm, about you? I have a team you? of dudes. Why, why are you going to sell yourself short? I'm not. Why not try to be better than your friends? I'm the jerk cord guy. Is jerk cord guy. <laughs> I'm the jerk cord guy. Quit being a jerk that. off. Wow. You just shit your pants? It smells terrible over here. <laughs> that's my life. That's dumb. That's dumb. That's dumb being a duck. I'm the jerk cord guy, and I'm good at it. That doesn't, that just sounds so bad. It. And, and, you know what else? I know where to go. Like, are we, are, are, are we going to say, oh, here, here's, here's you know, the, the jerk cord specialist. So we don't have any goals as. I have goals. This season, though. I'm not talking life. I'm talking this season. Like, what. I asked Dave that question. I said, Dave, and Dave's my boy. Oh, bless, <laughs> it is him. Jesus. Duff, Duff, Duff. Duff, Duff ate some Metamucil. You know this That's segment of the, room this segment so of the we, Foul Life podcast is brought to you by Metamucil. Four in one fiber <laughs> for dogs. <laughs> yeah. So when we were breasting out birds, uh, you know, we breast oh the bird out. God. Duff was getting a hold of the the empty carcasses, a little bit, kind of eating on the side. And now you hear it go, burp, and it's like, dang, it's hard to have a podcast when it's. Are you, do you guys like saying the word fart? Isn't it a weird word? I don't like saying that word fart. Do you like the word moist? What would you? <laughs> <laughs> what, what would you use instead of fart? But people. Do you, that word, okay. that word's controversial, dude. Fart is weird. Moist is weird. So is moist. It's a weird, controversial fart. word. But when Duff farts and it's bad, bad. And that's a moist fart is what he has. <laughs> <laughs> that's bad. 
That's a moist fart. All right. Well, I think you guys so are no, so you don't have, have that. you don't have any like short term goals for this season. When I asked Dave tonight, I said, "Dave, how old are you?" And I've known Dave a long time. Dave taught me how to duck, and I met Dave in 1997. I was eight years old. 97 to 2007 I was, is. I was 97. Yeah. I was three. Okay, so 97. Remember I had just, like yesterday? I had just yeah, graduated. I remember you, all Did of you just it. call me old? No, I had just graduated not. high school. I didn't Bro, say Bro, I could keep up with both of you. What was your first car? Eight. Uh, my first car was an 82 white Ford Escort. And my second car was a that 68 Chevy. It was orange Chevy Stepside. Ooh. Like, I'm not going to, like, brag, but, like, I am a. Uh, old man. I, I'm awesome. What's the best vehicle today? <laughs> <laughs> Ford Super Duty, hands down. Tremor. Man, you can't get the Tremor package, but even without the Tremor package, there's the two fifty between the standard Super Duty and the Tremor. Uh, front rear differential, running boards. Do you prefer a two fifty or three fifty? I just don't think there's a bunch of difference in it. But if you're going to tow a heavy load every day, twenty thousand pounds, I would get a. I would probably three fifty. Get a three fifty. Maybe even a dually if I'm towing a lot. But our goose trailer here, we're looking at what, like seven? 28 feet. But so we're looking at like five to 7,000 pounds. Yeah. So, I mean, the 250, I mean, that truck handles great. I mean, we just drove 2,000 miles. And How do you, you've never driven it. <laughs> You won't drive. It's like really driving. Is. It's like it's like you driving, napped in it. You know, driving Miss Daisy. This is Sounds driving like you Miss napped Fame. In it. No, no, no. Driving Miss Fame. <laughs> no, I, so I rode in it, but I also I moved it after we sent the decoys to 500 yards uh, to the other side of the field. But to say, I I, I I drove it. That's a four today. Cadillac. Look, pulls like a deal. dream. Everybody's like Dodge, Chevy, GMC, Ford. Like there's. I will say this until I'm blue in the face. None of them compare to a Ford. I swear on my life they don't. American made. Well, they're all American made, but <laughs> they you just a Chevy Duramax, fine. If you're on the highway. You take it on gravel or dirt road, eh. Dodge kit car. It's falling apart now. Dodge is terrible, dude. That's the worst of the now, worst. When I go now, what about Ram? They they broke off because Ooh, Ram. The it's, the same, it's the same. It's the same thing, thing. and it's the trash. Ford, the Ford Super Duty and it's F-350, trash. The F three fifty. That power stroke six seven is absolutely hammer. It's next. the best motor they ever made. It's a hammer. It's the best diesel motor ever made. It's incredible. It's a hammer. So I spend a lot of time on I five, whether go hunting or camping or going up north, and I drive by Corning Ford. And they got the best selection. I mean, of all four dealerships, that dealership, you can see it right off of I-5. So many trucks. I mean, they Paul's keep a good inventory, good stock. And, I mean, that is awesome, right? But, I mean, Ford in general is great, but I always remember Ford driving by that Corning Ford. That place mm-hmm. is stocked. And they're the number number one super duty dealership in the western region, which is 13 states. Think about that. Corning, California, six thousand people. Right, and I know because the olive pit. That's why my well, mom they got the olives. They got the olives. They got the walnuts. So, but Corning, oh, I, like you were like a little bit weirded out by Drake's tra- or uh, Blake's transition there. Yeah, yeah, no, it was fine. No worries. No, it's but cool. before we go into the Deemer boxes, sitting right behind Tommy, because <laughs> I wanted to talk to Tommy about this, but he's right. Blake's right. Tom <clears throat> or uh, Paul Sufton and Francis uh, hopping at Corning Ford. The selection's there, but here's what's bigger than the selection is the service. They take care of PG&E, farmers, hunters, 
conservationists, construction crews, fleets. It's unbelievable. They 13 Western states, the region. They're the number one super duty dealership in the region. Tommy, what does this mean? Uh, Is that like a covey of quail flying out of your ass? Like, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, but, are you like, saying like, ass you on your podcast? Yes? A little more about the airlift suspension on your truck. Are you saying you ass on your podcast? And bam, someone was immediately there to answer a question. I mean. Yeah, that's when I was. When I like, came up here. I'm like, my airbags are a little bit weird to me because this is a brand new truck, and I've been. What trying. about uh, Nebraska? What about Florida? Oh, sweet. <laughs> so think- here's the deal. Corning Ford things, easy, but easy. These deeper boxes behind Tommy, those two are paired together, and they are going to bring us into our next episode, which we are going to record tonight. It's going to be an episode of our sister podcast. This life ain't for everybody. We're going to talk music. Tommy's got an unbelievable taste in music. From Billy Strings sure. to Goose sure. to The Dead. He sure. loves Brent Cobb. He I loves love traditional country music. Do you love Dean James Jr.? One of the best that's doing it right is now. Is he phenomenal? Yeah. He's one of the best doing it right now. So yes. we, go ahead. And, and he might even sing tonight. We're going to get him to sing. I hope he does. This has that's, been another episode of the Foul Eye Podcast. <laughs> Blake Fame of the Martinez Gun Club in the East Bay of San Francisco. Tommy Miller of the unbelievable Tennessee Sour Mash Whiskey. Enjoy it responsibly. Never allow underage drinking. Jack Daniels, Charcoal Mellow. Tommy handles unbelievable marketing initiatives from Sturgis to Lollapazooza to the Grand Championship Barbecue. Lollapalooza. To the Arena Rodeo. You name it. Tommy is involved in every special event. Concert, military benefit, charity event, barbecue event. Jack Daniels believes in America. Every single drop of Jack Daniels is distilled in Lynchburg, Tennessee. Lynchburg, Tennessee is about an hour, hour 20 from Nashville, Tennessee. And I'm talking the entire city, the entire town is working for Jack Daniels. 170 countries across the world sell and distribute Jack Daniels. And there's not breweries. There's not distilleries all over the world. There's one. It's in Lynchburg, Tennessee. It's because of the water. It's because of the charcoal melling. Tommy, thank you for being here. We're going to come back with another episode. Go over and check out This Life Ain't For Everybody, where Jack Daniels Tennessee Sour Mash Whiskey is our title sponsor. And we're going to talk about music brought to you by Jack Daniels and Deemer Box. If you want to pair your music, eight of them at a time, the Deemer Box, the DB1 or the DB2 is the best way to listen to music, whether you're rafting a river, floating a river in your pool with your buddies, tailgate party, check out Deemer Box, D-E-M-E-R Box, B-O-X dot com and get you a DB2 or a DB1. We're going to come back at you with an episode of This Life Ain't For Everybody, brought to you by, again, the one and only Tennessee Sour Mash Whiskey, Jack Daniels, Chad Belding, Tommy Miller, Blake Famey. This has been another episode of the Foul Life Podcast. Thank you all for listening. Deemer Box is unbelievable. The DB1, the DB2. Look them up at DeemerBox.com. Get your new edition today, soon to be the Foul Life edition and the This Life Ain't For Everybody edition. We are so fired up. You can pair them together. We have them around the swimming pool, our backyards, our houses. There's no need to even put surround sound in anywhere. These things sound great. We bring them in the boat, in the field, setting up decoys. No matter where we're at at the lake during the summer, we team that up and we listen to our music with a couple fingers on ice. And again, we do it with safety and responsibility in mind. Will you spell that? What is it? D-E-M-E-R. Dear. 
Hey everybody, you know we are a huge fan of Jack Daniels, not just their product, but their mission, their culture, Lynchburg, Tennessee, the people. And we want to introduce you to the Jack Daniels Single Barrel Program. Join us at jackdaniels.com and learn about the Single Barrel Program, visiting Lynchburg, Tennessee, participating in a barrel tasting, a whiskey tasting, picking your favorite flavor, whether it's the burn in your mouth, whether it's the maple, whether it's the different combination of flavors that you are going to experience in each of the distinct bottles of Jack Daniels Single Barrel, you're going to be able to choose the best one, your favorite one, and purchase that entire barrel. It all comes bottled in individual single barrel bottles. You get your own hanging name tag, brand tag, your logo on it. You can give them away as gifts. Go knock on the door of a landowner and say, thank you for letting me hunt your field. There's so many options with the Jack Daniels Single Barrel Program. We're proud to be part of it. We have introduced it to so many of our friends and family across the country, whether it was at a business, whether it was at a duck lodge, whether it was at a conservation event. It is truly an awesome program. Learn more about it at jackdaniels.com. The single Single Barrel Program. We've been involved for the last five years. I'm looking at two of my barrels right now. We just got our 2023 barrel in the Single Barrel Rye. Absolutely mesmerizing. My brother Clint's old fashions with it speak for themselves. It's the Jack Daniels Single Barrel Program. Check it out. Learn about it. I hope you decide to visit Lynchburg, Tennessee and get your own barrel. Thank you very much. It's called Benelli's The Foul Eye for a reason. We love Benelli. They are the top shelf of waterfowl shotguns, all shotguns for that matter, in my opinion. But when you start talking about duck blinds, goose blinds, lay down blinds, panel blinds, pit blinds, the debris, the wear and tear, everything that we put our guns through throughout a duck season, whether it's a 60 day duck season in the south or you start up north and north of the border in Canada, Alberta, Saskatchewan, and follow the migration south. Some of us, myself included, hunt over 120 days a year. And every single time I squeeze that Benelli trigger, it goes bam. I'm so proud and honored to be part of the Benelli family and when it comes to the Super Black Eagle 3 the 12 gauge the 20 gauge the 28 gauge I absolutely love this line of shotguns the inertia every single thing from the rib down to the sight to the choke tube to the constrictions the performance is what it's all about with Benelli the Super Black Eagle series in 12 gauge 20 gauge and 28 gauge whether you get Rob Roberts to build the performance shop or you keep them straight out of the box factory they perform they're simply perfect it's Benelli it's the confidence of shouldering that shotgun and the responsibility of pointing it at a live animal and squeezing that trigger the dispatch humane ethics everything that goes into it Benelli believes in the culture of the duck hunter the goose hunter the turkey hunter the upland hunter so whether you're doing sporting clays whether you're chasing waterfowl chasing upland chasing turkeys Benelli builds a shotgun for you Benelli's the foul life they're 13 seasons as our title sponsor can you imagine this relationship thank you benelli thank you all for supporting benelli and i know it's all of our goal to walk into that sporting good that benelli dealer that store and say let me shoulder that super black eagle and now you can do it in so many gauges the sub gauges included we're fired up good luck this season stay safe out there and shoot straight shoot benelli the foul life's broadcast time for today has come to an end 
You both want Duff puppies. Actually, I told you, I said, give me Duff. Where would the bidding start for Duff? 5000 per pop, so 20 grand. I would never sell you Duff. Look at me. I love you, too. Oh, your breast stinks. Do you have aspirations or goals as a waterfowl hunter? Watching you with the provider cookbook, like, wow, that's incredible. And, like, the Traeger. Now, let's cook them up. Let's be a chef. Now, it's like we learned how to call. We learned how to shoot. We learned how to cook. That is the coolest thing in the world. I talk about sustainability all the time. The encompassing effect of farming, feeding wildlife, feeding America, feeding the world. And it's really not about killing the bird in the big picture. Well, it's all about letting them do it right. Join the hunt and become a part of the Fowl Life Nation by listening every week on SoundCloud, iHeart, Spotify, thefowllife.com, or your preferred streaming platform. And make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube and follow our social channels. Long live the provider.